Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patented half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. So, hi, it's Margie from the Pollsters. We don't have Kristen this week. We have, which I guess is the rage this week, although I took that idea from our first guest, which is our only guest, which is to have an emergency podcast given all of the crazy news this week. We're going to have two episodes this week with Kristen away. One is one uh, an interview with Bruce Melman that we in, uh, recorded a few weeks ago and joked as we recorded it. I hope nothing crazy happens when we have to release this. And then there's been so much in the news today with um, the guilty plea of Michael Cohen and uh, the guilty verdict of Paul Manafort that we decided to have a guest who could uh, walk through some of the polling that we've done together to explore how people view the investigation, Russia, corruption, et cetera. And that guest is Brian Bennett. And it was his tweet that sort of gave me the idea that maybe we needed to do uh, something really quickly. So Richard, our producer, agreed uh, to come on in. So Brian, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the Navigator Project? Sure. Um, so I'm the uh, associate director of polling at uh, the Hub Project and an advisor to Navigator Research. Um, Navigator as and you're an UT alum like myself and like That's Richard. True. This everybody in this room right now Hook is horns. a Longhorn. Hook em horns. <laughs> Richard got so excited he almost <laughs> jumped through the wall with his excitement about Austin. And by the way, Chris and I will be in Austin in, in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about for that the Texas guess. Tribune Festival. Yeah, right? for the Texas Tribune Festival. So anyway, this is like full. Just we can just think for a moment about how awesome Austin is. All right, continue. Sorry to interrupt. Ah, torchies. Um, so, um, Navigator Research is a project that came together from a, uh, a variety of different um, progressive uh, strategists uh, across the community who wanted to uh, produce a national survey once a month um, that was able to provide messaging guidance to the community at large. Um, and that includes on a variety of different topics that are kind of the topics that are at the news of the day. Um, right. And this is really like the, one of the main ones. So this is a collaboration between my, myself and my firm, GBA, along with uh, Jeff Pollack and Nick Gorovich at Global Strategy Group. We had Jeff on when we launched this a couple months ago. Um, the, you know, when it comes to things like the special counsel investigation in Russia, those are questions that for folks who are out there polling out in the world, World, it, they may or may not have enough space in their survey to explore all the different ways that people may want to talk about it. So having some kind of, you know, central location on this issue is one of those issues in particular where the language may really matter a lot. It's evolving quickly. Obviously, there's a lot of public polling, which we can also talk about from other outlets, too. But, you know, how people view this and what kind of language they they think of, what awareness they have even of what's happening, which is one of our big takeaways, all that stuff is is, I think, kind of a good contribution to the polling ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. And I think that particularly with the special counsel investigation, um, you know, regardless of, you know, what issue is the most important for 
um, you know, candidates or, you know, advocates to be talking about. This is an issue that's going to be raised on a daily basis by the president. Right. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, progressives should be we able to talk it. about. We can't avoid it. <laughs> it's here. It's happening. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then we should be able to know exactly how to talk about it. So, OK, so let's talk about the new wave that we just released like a week or so, about a week, about a week ago. ago. And one of the big takeaways from this, and we had, you know, over the last four months, we've been asking this, you know, similar question. Do you support or oppose continuing the investigation? And there's now been an uptick in the percentage of Republicans who say we should continue. That's that's new. I mean, there's still more um, Republicans who think we, you know, they oppose continuing it, but they still that still that gap has narrowed more than than it has in previous months. That's the first time that's happened. Yeah, that's right. And actually, you know, overall, this is the first. You know, when we start, first started measuring the support for the investigation in May. Um, support for the uh, net support for the investigation was about um, 15 points positive. Like I think it was like 50, 53, 54 percent supported, about 40 percent opposed. Um, and it's been consistent over time. But this is the first month that it has um, really seen an, an increase in net support um, where 57 percent now support it and 31 percent um, oppose or want it to be shut down. And, you know, I think that there are any number of reasons why that could be true. I think, you know, between when we fielded it in July and August, um, three big things happened that I can think of. Uh, one is that Robert Mueller returned an indictment against the Russian nationals um, for hacking. Um, that could be part of it, but maybe not. Um, second is the Manafort trial has been going on. Um, again, an issue that has been on cable news, but maybe it hasn't penetrated. Um, the third thing, which I think is probably the most likely, is the Helsinki summit, uh, which got wall-to-wall -wall coverage. And in this uh, latest version of Navigator, um, you know, we find uh, Trump's job approval, I think, at 39%. Um, when we ask his about his um, handling of uh, relations with Russia and Putin, the number drops to 29%. And it's Outpay, it, it under he underperforms on approval among Republicans there. Uh, so I think that that might be a hypothesis for why um, Republican support for the investigations. Mm, right. And, and I think what's important to remember when you're asking this, and obviously we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. And At 3.20 p.m. Yes. <laughs> so this is... there's a digital breaking news. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, like, you know, the NPR podcast where they mm -hmm. do that, like, fill in the blank, like, things may have changed, everybody. <laughs> you know, right. So this is kind of like that. Um, so, but uh, it, regardless, so the, things are going to evolve again, right? Because obviously yesterday was a really big news day, and presumably that will have it may not have an effect in Trump's approval rating, which that's obviously normally fairly stable. It's not as stable as all this other volatile news that's out there, right? I mean, the news is volatile. Trump's approval is stable. But what's important to remember is it, it, folks' awareness, even of these big events, it's still it's still very complicated. It's still a very complicated topic. It doesn't, you know, it, asking a question. There may be lots of things we want to know the answer to. That doesn't mean, and we may be able to write a question that kind of phrases at all, but that doesn't mean that people still know what we're talking about. So I think that's – so when we have this like support or oppose the investigation, um, it's not simply support or oppose. It's not simply end or continue. I mean lots of outlets ask this in different ways. Like we, we may all want it to end, but for different reasons and in different ways. So, you know, th there I don't think there's anybody who says, I hope this lasts forever, right? I mean, right. They're, they're, you know, people want it to have a conclusion. They just want may want different conclusions or think it may reach different conclusions or – you know, feel like it should, should or shouldn't have started or what have you. I mean, there are other different ways to kind of get there. So the way we ask it is support it and think it should continue for now. Have mixed feelings about it, but it should continue for now. Have mixed feelings should be shut down. Oppose it 
and I think it should be shut down. Like, so we are, and, you know, it's basically, I don't want to say it's double-barreled because it sounds pejorative, but it's using almost like a two-by-two kind of matrix within the question. So we are getting at, it's not double-barreled because I guess that would have two things kind of, you know, without kind of the crossway, the different ways those two things cross together to make sure that we are trying to incorporate all the different ways people are going to approach this one big question. Yep. And, you know, a couple of things I would add to that, um, you know, first, in terms of the the question wording, um, you know, if you if you only look at the those that, you know, if you take out those who have mixed feelings about the investigation, um, by a two to one margin, more people want it, want it to be supported and continue for now versus who want it to be shut down. Um, so I think that there's a definite intensity gap that uh, lends itself in favor of the investigation continuing. And then the second the second thing is, and I, I believe it was a CNN poll that came out like a week or two ago um, that was kind of newsworthy because it said um, that I think it was like 66 percent of uh, Americans want um, Mueller to finish the investigation before the midterms. And the wording, the question wording was, should try to? And like, of course, like, I agree. I think he should try to. Um, but I think the way that it was kind of framed was, oh, well, uh, you know, there's pressure on Mueller to finish before the midterms. And I don't think that that's actually the way that people are thinking about it, um, because I think a lot of Democrats want there to be um, results from this investigation. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that that I think that our data is, is finding that. Right. Right. Um, and and then, you know, the other thing that I, I think has been important and we saw in this latest version and the one we released a week ago, a higher number than we've seen in the past, although not dramatic, which is to the best of your knowledge, has the investigation uncovered any crimes? There's been a little bit of an uptick since when we first asked it in May. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see if that there's actually an uptick in that. Notably, um, it, it, when we ask this next month, because we're, I think we should ask this next month. Well, <laughs> well, we, yes, well, because that is, you know, so that was something, and we had, you know, messages that we tested, and a message around, you know, this has already led to at the time was at the time it was eighteen indictments, I think, right, or twenty I nineteen. Was, I think it was like twenty two. It but, was fewer indictments and and five guilty pleas. The yeah. number, but the count was lower. I mean, as we've been kind of working on this. We've had to change the count, you know, but at throw that, in additional 16 guilty charges right, to that now. Exactly. So at the, at the time it was, uh, you know, but even then at a different number of, of guilty pleas and indictments, that 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 fact was important. And I think because it's so confusing, things are so complicated. This is, you know, this is obviously complicated for people who follow it. Obviously, that's like a Twitter meme for all of our insider friends, you know, like, oh, the writers are exhausted or even the writers are losing track of the plot or whatever. So even people who follow it closely feel overwhelmed by the details. So why would Americans not feel that way also? So this reminder that you know, this is really serious. This is not simply kind of politics as usual. There have actually been people who have pled guilty here or been indicted. Um, you know, that that actually seems to make a difference. Yeah, I think that, you know, some of the messaging guidance that I think that we really got out of um, out of Navigator that we've tested so far, um, one is kind of that elevation of the number of indictments, guilty pleas, um, criminal charges. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tangible... Uh, number that I think um, comes as a surprise to people, especially because less than a majority of Americans think that the investigation has uncovered crimes thus far. Um, I think that the other message that um, we've found that has been particularly effective um, to kind of counteract the we need to shut it down message is um, emphasizing that nobody's above the law. And, um, you know, 
we should let the investigation finish because otherwise, what is Trump trying to hide? Um, that seems to be um, a question that people understand. You know, whether or not this ultimately ends up being, you know, a Watergate moment. I think a lot of there is kind of that that precedence that exists that no one is above the law, um, and I think that that voters respond to that. Yeah, and it's it also activates, I think, this kind of broader American value that you see in lots of things for transparency and openness. Like you've seen lots of polls where even Republicans think, well, Trump should talk to should sit down for an interview. Like this, you know, it, it, we've talked about this in other times and other places. I think even before the election. Where anything where you're like, should Congress, should Congress have an investigation? Should Congress talk about, you know, investigate this issue? Should, you know, there be some kind of accounting of blank? And it almost doesn't matter what blank is, that people do want to see some sort of investigation or openness or transparency or interview or public release of whatever, you know, whatever the topic, because there is this sense like, well, if you're not hiding anything, then why not share what you have or what you know? Yeah, I absolutely. Um, so it's not a surprise to see it here. And it is one of those things that we see it where Republicans are a little bit more open to. So, um, you know, this is is adjacent to that. We have a similar, you know, a different question. Do you think it's appropriate or inappropriate for Trump to publicly call for Jeff Sessions to shut down the investigation? Overall, almost two thirds say it's not appropriate. Obviously, these things are always partisan. I mean, they are, you know, the, the one of the tragedies of all of this is that this, we're, you know, getting into, you know, partisan battle over, you know, following following the law and following the facts to some sort of legal conclusion. Um, among Republicans, though, 54 percent say it's appropriate, 27 percent say not appropriate. So you can look at that, you know, glass half full, glass half empty if you're on the left. There is some openness there for folks to say, well, I don't think that's appropriate. Like, there are some boundaries. Right. You know, there may be people who say, and I hear this in focus groups, and I can appreciate it where, you know, people feel that, the president is under siege and he's getting, you know, it doesn't matter what he does. He's going to constantly be attacked by the you know, press and his, you know, the people who dislike him kind of all day long. And I, I can I can understand feeling that way from looking at, at what's out there. Um, at the same token, there are going to be some folks who also say, well, he sh you know, you should just let the investigation run its course. You shouldn't ask the attorney general to shut it down. You know, what's he hiding, essentially? Yeah. Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google certificates. And I, I mean, I think that ultimately, you know, you could go back and look at a variety of, you know, stuff from Navigator and other public polling that's found that, you know, there are those kind of boundary lines, um, particularly, you know, when it comes to, you know, should Trump fire Robert Mueller? The answer is generally no right. um, by a pretty strong majority. Should he should Trump interview with a special counsel? Yes, he should. And like a good, a good portion of Republicans agree with that as well. So I think that there are kind of, you know, these um, data points that suggest that there are, you know, there are, there are, lim he is kind of boxed in a little bit in terms of um, his ability to, you know, move the investigation a particular way. This is a great example where, um, you know, his, I think his theory of the case is, um, you know, rail on Twitter, 
um, against uh, those who run the investigation, whether it's Mueller and his angry Democrats or whatever, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, or Rosenstein or whoever it may be. Um, but I don't think that that is particularly working with the electorate in the country overall. And I think that there is, um, you know, I think that's why you continue to see sustained support for the investigation. Right, right. And, and I think there is, you know, when you get to this, like, should it continue or not continue, however that's asked, I think part of what's driving that too is just kind of exhaustion mm -hmm. about the topic. I mean, that's something that is partisan, I mean, bipartisan and like agreement that, sure. you know, the, we, a sense of exhaustion. I mean, we found in one of the Navigator polls that Democrats were more likely to say they felt exhausted by the news than, than do Republicans. Well, lots of people feel exhausted and sort of weary when they think of just the kind of the constant barrage of stuff there is. You know, some folks on the right have looked at that nugget to say, like, Democrats, you know, are exhausted and they're just, you know, they're that means they're all going to stay home. That's not what we found. Right. Um, we looked, you know, we d dug a little deeper. We didn't find that. But there is a sense, I think, because Democrats feel kind of, you know, agree grieved and, and concerned and worried by what's happening. So that, I think, adds to the exhaustion. Um, but there is this overall sense that, like, there's just this relentless onslaught of stuff that makes, I think, is part of the reason you see some of these numbers about, you know, should the investigation continue or not? Do you want it to end or et cetera? It's really complicated. I mean, take take what, you know, even even independent of the crime uh, or, you know, the the act of um, a foreign government's trying to interfere in the election as a broad concept. You have all of these, um, you know, s these other things that are going on. The Manafort trial has to do with incredibly complicated bank and tax fraud right. that's unrelated to that. Yep. The Manafort, the, the 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 Michael Cohen plea deal has to do is actually something we should talk about, but is is you know something that's is a little bit more tangible in that it deals with campaign finance violations. Right. But even that is still like you can't get into the weeds for most people here. Right, and and that's different from. You know, Russia also, right? right? I mean, right. so they're all different. And so, you know, people use these shorthands and is it the investigation? Well, you know, which investigation mm -hmm. is it? You know, is it Russia? Well, there's, you know, well, Michael Cohen piece is not necessarily Russia, although there was some other. But it, it, it's it, immensely complicated, even for, you know, the lawyers who talk about this on yeah, a regular definitely. basis. So, um, so it's no surprise. I mean, it's, the, again, to go back to my earlier point that to make sure that the questions are clear, that you have a lot of them, that you're going to really need to, you know, to figure out where people are on this. And and that takes a lot of different bites at the apple because, the, you know, it's just it's complicated. There are lots of different angles to um, to explore. One thing that's less complicated is looking at favorability for <laughs> Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort and Rudy Giuliani. That's one of our less complicated areas in this whole thing. And we found, I think, what you'd expect to find, which these guys are not popular. They're more unpopular than popular. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, particularly so I think over the course of the past few months, we've we've tested a variety of people um, in in the latest wave of Navigator. Um, we looked at uh, we before any of this, uh, this recent news, we looked at Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen. Uh, we even took a look at Roger Stone, uh, Michael Flynn. Um, and they are all exceedingly unpopular. I think uh, Michael Flynn uh, might be the most popular with a 10% favorability rating. Um, and then uh, you get Michael Cohen, who's at seven, or no, he's at three, 
5%, I believe, um, down from 7 Yes. We've got Paul Manafort, who was at 8 and now is down to 5% favorability. Um, and Roger Stone, most people don't know who Roger Stone is, which makes sense, but he has just has a 4% favorability rating um, and I think like 27% of favorable. Um, so this is not really, and all that. Yes. not really the cast of characters that uh, is particularly R- popular. Giuliani is the most favorable out of the bunch, not just because of his total fave. This is one of my, you know, things I complain about when people just look at the total fave and they don't look at the relationship between fave and unfave. So people who are, so you can't compare people who are really well known Mm -hmm. to people who are less well known by just looking at their favorables. But regardless, his favorables are higher and his unfaves are kind of similar to these other guys. So his his ratio of fave to unfave is better than these other folks, but still he's net unfavorable. He's 29% favorable, 50% unfavorable. Yeah. And I, I just out of curiosity, I went back um, to um, see if I could find some historical uh, polling on favorability of Giuliani. And even as recent as uh, December of 2016, right after the election, his um, favorability rating in a Bloomberg poll, I think, was 46%. Um, so seems like his um, his tour may not have, it not, may not be uh, particularly helping his case. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's I mean, it's a, it's a shame. Um, uh, so, OK, so what's you know, what else should we be thinking about in terms of how we think about this going forward and thinking about public opinion on the investigation, you know, now? Like, what are the questions that we need to know now? Well, um, that's a really good question. I mean, I think that there are a couple of different um, there, there are a couple of different areas that we need to kind of think about. First, obviously, is um, what impact this recent news cycle has actually right. had. Is there has there been elevated awareness with the amount of coverage that have been, has been given? I mean, both of those. And one thing I'm really interested in is the is it might actually I have a I have a theory that it might actually play to the benefit of um, Trump and allies that all of that news broke at exactly the same time mm. um, because it all got lumped into one news cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whether or not um, this story will sustain itself, um, I think that, you know, m- there have been a lot of times over the last 18 months where um, where people have said, oh, this event's going to change, right. move this the needle. This is a game changer, um, yeah. And, you know, that's particularly happened now. On... what are Trump's voters going to do? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I suspect um, that this probably won't, you know, fundamentally alter his approval rating next week or the week after um, unless there's, you know, something really damaging uh, that happens ad- again. But, like... All right. Or then when people say on Twitter, like, oh, the president seems really erratic in his tweets. I'm like, I don't know. It seems like the same the same kind of tweets we've had for the last like two, three years. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to be reading them more closely. I can, that can't be true. Right. So no. um, <laughs> so they seem just as erratic as they've always been. But, you know, but but I mean, we just want to to think like this is, you know, folks on the left, like that this is moving in the right in some kind of direction. Um, but it may not be. It may be moving more slowly than we think it will. But this is nonetheless like a galvanizing moment. And the other thing that I think is hard to gauge but um in but it's still interesting is is as you know it's always hard to ask people about their news consumption where they're getting news what they've heard it's tough to get that that requires a lot then that's you know people don't know so you're getting their kind of imperfect recall 
But there's been a lot of conversation today about what different outlets have covered the covered how they covered yesterday with like local newspapers not putting it on the front page and you know different news outlets on their website how Fox covered it versus how CNN covered it that sort of thing. So you know it's I'd almost be interested in how like an open end like that you know if you went in the field tonight with an open end question which we're not going to do but you should do it if you're listening and you're or out there you can do this in your own come on bolsters but like. What happened this week? You know, or if you're in a focus group, you know, and you can do it at the end because your focus group is about something else and you don't want to spend your whole time talking about this. But at the end, as people are leaving, like, okay, what did you guys hear in the news <laughs> this week? Just to see how people are, you know, how people are uh, are are hearing it. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. I think one one other um, area that I might flag, uh, f- you know, for kind of thinking forward, thinking moving forward is. Um, is the Supreme Court battle? Um, you know, there are hearings for Brett Kavanaugh that are that are um, going to be taking place in early September after Labor Day. Um, I think that kind of the an, the initial Senate Democratic position, um, at least from leadership and a few a few senators um, today, has been to kind of make the make the case that um, you know because Michael Cohen may have implicated uh, Trump in a crime uh, that we shouldn't give a Supreme Court seat. Um, to 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 him and his administration. Um, and I think it would be interesting to know whether that will be an effective line of attack or not. Um, I'm not I'm not totally sure myself, um, but I think I think that that's kind of where where a lot of Senate Democrats are moving. And I'd be curious to know um, how that plays out. Yep. Yep. Good points. Good points. OK, well, Brian, you're funny on Twitter. So tell people how they can find you. Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at at Brian Bennett 85. That's with a Y, two T's and, you know, the number 85. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you.